Everybody, hello out there in the world. Hello to all you makerinos, and welcome to another episode of How Do They Make That? I'm Marty, and I'm Jonathan, and this is the show where we answer your question: mm-hmm. How how are the things around us made? Those things we take for granted every day. How did that get there? Who did that? Jonathan, how are you? I'm doing well. This week, I've decided to start a new project. Sometimes I go around to different places in Fells Point, and they have these awesome, like, wood-made, painted things. Oh, yeah. And, and I start thinking, and this is how I am with anything that comes to do with art mm. at shows and stuff. I can do that. Sure. Like, why would I spend X amount of money? Yeah. Like, there are things where I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, sure, I'm going to sure. support this. But it's like, I recognize those materials. Yeah, like, you I could buy do that. Those. Right. And then you just so, put the stuff on yeah. the thing. Yeah. So, for, for Christmas, I bought my mom a uh, a wood panel that has Memorial Stadium on it. Mm. And it was between that or Camden Yards. And I was like, well, my mom would probably enjoy mm-hmm. Memorial Stadium a little bit more. Sure. So I was like, ooh, I might build that. So then I started like Googling wood paneling things mm. for, uh, for just Baltimore Orioles. And I found some really cool ideas. Yeah. Um, so uh, in my classroom uh, mm-hmm. that I share with another class, they are doing pallets. They're using wood pallets to build things, whether right. it's, uh, a, a walk wall, mm-hmm. uh, a chicken coop for our chicken, yeah. uh, or benches or such. Uh, I'm going to take some of those wood panel, the panelings that they have, mm-hmm. uh, and then create these. So that's what I'm going to be doing for the next couple of weeks. Hey, nice. Yeah, yeah it's good to have a project. Yeah. And sometimes the question is, how did you make that? Right. And I'm going to tell you with wood and nails. Nice. Uh, well, I have a quick uh, corrections corner from uh, from last time. Yeah. So. Uh, for folks that don't remember, we had a guest on talking about uh, how Bitcoin works. Yes. And uh, specifically, they were talking about how to build your own Bitcoin mining and kind of make money from nothing but electricity. Uh, it turns out that they were working off of information that's about two years out of date. Oh, So shit. all of the things they recommended that you buy, um, they've sort of already been superseded by uh, hardware that's cheaper to make but more special purpose. So... Um, I guess don't use that information. Okay. Yeah. So any anybody out there who was uh, thinking about taking this on, and I mean, we talk about so many things. We always have the disclaimer, don't try this at home. Right. Like, these are professionals we're interviewing. They know what they're right. doing, and and you don't. So even if you... Even if we do a great job, right. they do a great job of letting you know. We, we go by the Mitch Hedberg rule that Sprite is not just lemon and lime. Like, there's more That's to right. it. Exactly. So... Uh, you know, anytime you take on something you hear from this show, that's at your right. own risk. We take no responsibility. Uh, but I would say, especially when we get it wrong, uh, you know, we like to let people know. So, so uh, we don't see you walk off that cliff. Right. Uh, but Jonathan, uh, I'm very excited for today's guest. Yeah, I am too. Uh, this is a different kind of mm-hmm. thing. Normally we talk about mechanisms, uh, f- fabrics, gadgets, uh, gizmos. Screws, pulleys, mm-hmm. levers. Uh, infrastructure, yeah. walls, roads, bridges. Uh, but today we're talking about something a little more ephemeral. And I don't want to spoil what it is. Great, because I can't wait to find out what that word means. Oh, I'm sorry. Ephemeral means that it's it's temporary or, oh, it's, okay. in, or it's intangible. Okay. It's, it's something that uh, you can't really hold it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, well, unless there's anything No, else. let's get to it. All right, we'll be right back. Hi. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Jessica Hinken. I'm Laura Wexler, and we're the hosts of the Stoop Storytelling Series podcast. We are a podcast in which you can hear true personal stories that are sad, happy, funny, itchy. There's no itchy stories. Why did you say sad twice? Because we gravitate towards sadness. That's not true. It's very fun. You can download us on stoopstorytelling.com or iTunes, and you can also find us at the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody. Hello hey, and welcome, welcome back. back. Yeah. We are delighted to be joined by the internet phone, by Skype today, mm-hmm. by Sam Whitfield, founder and uh, art director of the Bourbon Barrel Improv Company and the uh, the founder and producer of the Kentucky Fried Improv Festival. Uh, Sam, how are you? I'm great. I'm doing great today. How are you guys? We're doing well. Doing yeah. very well. Yeah. So we're uh, we're very interested to learn how laughter is made. Yes. And it seems like you're an expert on that. So uh, can you tell us a little bit, what what is your uh, your historical relationship with laughter? Well, I would not go so far as to call myself an expert, but I would say that I have uh, a great amount of expertise. Okay. Uh, and mm. in terms of laughter, I feel like you have to really go back to our biological imperatives and look at the... Uh, the evolution of play mm. and of teasing mm-hmm. and of fake danger and ah. laughter as a signal that comes out of that, that everything's okay. Everything's all right. Right. Interesting. So then uh, would I be correct in saying that laughter uh, to some extent comes out of fear? Uh, I think any standup would agree with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, in comedy, we approach things that are dangerous to us mm, and okay. that might just be the old adage of somebody slipping on a banana peel oh my god did they crack their head open and is there going to be blood all over the carpet now Ooh. that we have to clean yeah haha uh-huh. no everything's okay it's fine right you know that's really where laughter comes from in all of our uh research that the laughter research community has been researching into ah excellent and uh, so how long would you say you've been a member of this laughter research community? Uh, I feel like I have to say all of my life. Growing mm. up, we're all aware of, you know, what what are these jokes that people are telling? It's really ironic, I think, that one of the first jokes that we learn as children, why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side, is a real, like, fuck you kind of joke. Mm, right? Yeah. It's really absurd. It's true. It's uh, it's one of those thinkers that you never really get past. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Now, uh, you bring this up, and that that sounds, uh, although we introduce our children to it, it sounds to me like a sort of an advanced joke yeah. uh, in terms of uh, evoking laughter. Uh, do in your work uh, with the Bourbon Barrel Improv Company, uh, do you usually work on sort of that that level of thinkers? Or uh, do you like to ease uh, audiences in when you're trying to get them to laugh? What is uh, what would you say at like the fifty thousand foot level is your general process? I would say that a real expert in comedy approaches every audience as though they are both the stupidest people mm. and the smartest people, and mm. hopefully you take them from the stupid level to the smart level through your comedy. I would say. Ah, yeah. oh, now that's very interesting. So it's each uh, each act, I guess, uh, would almost be considered an educational experience, a full-on education. Yeah, if you're 
if you're not learning anything through the process, then you're really just, you know, tickling. Comedy has to evolve the human condition from the uninformed and bored to the informed and amused. Now, it's interesting. You brought up tickling, and uh, this was something I was thinking about saving maybe for later. But since it came up, I am interested to know, uh, where do you feel that tickling lies? Uh, if, if there was sort of a, a territorial map of, uh, of laughter, uh, and jokes was somewhere on there, and tickling was somewhere on there, uh, and re- let's say re- relief, uh, relief about learning that uh, death is not imminent is somewhere in there, uh, how would you say those are sort of laid out on the map? I would say that the first layer is probably an infantile tickling or a play biting. And that, as we talked about, is, hey, here's some danger. Isn't the world a scary place? No, it's okay. I didn't actually bite your neck. You know, mm. I'm, I'm tickling you. I've, I've got your ribs and I could kill you, small infant. But oh. I, I did. So, right. you know, the world's, there's some balance there. You, you then, then take that a step up to wordplay. You know, aren't you aware of what words mean? No, you're not. You're stupid. But it's okay. Right. Let's right. all have a, a laugh about it. And then you can take that up and up, you know, mm. slipping on a banana peel and not dying, uh, confronting racism and not having a full-out race war happen in your club. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all a, a scale, but it's all essentially the same thing. Confronting the terror that existence is and having a laugh about it. That's what comedy is all about, you know? Mm. So continuing on with the idea of feeling terrified when trying to do something funny, uh, when we were looking into uh, your company and everything, one of the things that you do yourself is uh, it is you and then a random person that you bring upon the stage. Uh, I can... I can't imagine how terrifying that is for someone else, but also somebody who has spent many years within this craft of improv uh, to then put yourself uh, out there in a way that you you don't know what you, the person next to you is going to do. Um, so do you feel that that's sort of a higher level of comedy that comes out of that? Absolutely. It's the highest level. Oh. Uh, there's nothing that could be higher than that it's sort of the evil Knievel daredevil level all comedians are daredevils mm. facing a, a blank page of paper or a, the blank stares of an audience but if you are fully alone fully unarmed facing the world and the universe naked to its dangers and woes uh and there's nothing protecting you that is true art in yeah. my opinion oh. and there's nothing funny about it uh, on your side you mean uh, on anybody's side okay i think very few people look at that and say oh that's funny they'd look at that and say wow brave uh, uh a crazy experiment mm. you know is it worthwhile uh and some might have a chuckle okay i see so so there is still a, a goal of getting laughter out of this uh, I would say that the main goal is survival. Okay, you know? interesting. Yeah. Any comedy is is really about uh that you know, you look at the terminology that we throw around in comedy, it killed. Right. You know, yeah. I yeah. I killed the audience. I uh slayed the room. Mm. You know, I had them in stitches. I put them in hospital. Uh they nearly died. They were rolling on the floor. 
uh, I chopped their heads off. Okay. Uh, yeah. They wow, chuckled. A few, few of those are new to me. That's oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. Those are good. This is, I mean, this is why we bring experts on the show because uh, there's just so much uh, that that one person can know. Uh, now, Sam, I I'm very interested in your analogy uh, with with Evil Knievel and and stuntmen. Uh, because there's one thing in common with uh, the kind of guests we normally talk with, and that's experts in industri- industrial processes, manufacturing. Uh, both, mm. of, both of these come with a very high risk of uh, personal bodily injury, uh, or, mm. or I, maybe, I guess, in, in the case of uh, manufacturing mm. laughter, uh, psychic uh, damage. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, any personal experience or, uh, or sort of scars that you'd be willing to share with our audience? Yeah, well, you can't see it, but I have a very large scar running from my upper eyebrow down to my chin. Okay. Oh my. And that's from uh, a comedy partner that I had. I, like I say, I work with audience members. Right. And uh, a lot of times that's in a bar or in mm. an airport. And those people can take something and turn it into a weapon if they feel that you have disrespected them or if that you weren't funny enough or if you were whack bougie you know things like that so i i've suffered my scars i've you know bled for my art as any true artist or industrial worker or comedian should do any glass blower will tell you that you can't make glass without burning your lips yeah that's very interesting and and i would say in in the less uh sort of artistic sort of manufacturing uh skill jobs you have organizations like ISO, like OSHA, that are there with rules and and regulations about safety equipment, about procedures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like in in something as as artisanal as uh, manufacturing laughter, you don't have uh, a lot of uh, let's say bureaucratic uh, backing to uh, to fall back on. So uh, when this when this kind of thing happens, how do you recover and move forward? Well, uh, a lot of people have talked for years now for you know centuries about forming a union for people who deal with the immaterial and the ethereal oh interesting jokes words silly glances you know that those are a product the same as shoes and that the people who work in that field should be protected the same as any others I feel that that's a worthwhile cause, but we are probably at least a few centuries away from that. But mm. what most people don't understand is that here in America and to a certain extent in Canada, the protections given to animals uh, do cover uh, people who have jobs where nothing tactile is created. Hmm. So uh, cruelty to animal rules also protect Comedians, writers, ah. clowns, mimes, uh, improvisers, ventriloquists, stand-ups. Right. So you don't think, you don't think about that when you you want to become a heckler. Right. You oh, know, great point. Yeah, you just sort of throw out there and think like I'm going to ruin this person's day, but there, I, I didn't know that there's protection for uh, people people like comedians, mimes. You know, going out in the street, getting put into a box. I mean, that's that's some. Uh, yeah, that that actually brings up a great I, I question. Have more legal protection. Yeah, because of the hecklers' union. Oh, uh, most hecklers oh, interesting. aren't a part of it. But once people do go to two or three open mics and heckle, 
they're usually approached by a union rep mm. and are urged to join a heckler's union. Hey, dues, those dues go to cover, um, you know, improv classes so that you have something to heckle. Right. Uh, comedy nights, open mic. Right. Uh, yeah, that's it's two, very interesting. Oh, oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, now I'm, I'm extremely interested in learning more about, uh, are, are there any other ecosystems that live on top of, uh, creating laughter or, or at least creating laughter in, in the ways that, that you do? Well, you mentioned that I'm the, also the art director hmm. and, uh, I feel like that's a, a very important hat that I wear and that a lot of times people forget is there is, uh, an art to promoting art. Uh, so any of the ah. posters, Facebook posts that you see do have to be designed and drawn. You know, right. uh, somebody has to take a photograph of a microphone and put some mm -hmm. faces on top. Right. Interesting. So that's that's, in fact, a, a physical industry, a manufacturing industry uh, that makes physical objects coming out of uh, of your own, which makes uh, ethereal laughter. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's a craft built on top of something that is not very much a craft. Excellent. Uh, so you're as the, the, the head of the uh, Bourbon Barrel Improv Company. I understand that uh, you also help uh, shape the education there. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to know, since I, I imagine there aren't many certifications for uh, a craft like laughter. Um, you know, if, if we were talking about uh, industrial metal press, there would be a series of standards or machines that people will get uh, checked out on. Uh, if we're talking about cybersecurity, there, you know, Microsoft and, and Amazon and, and all of these companies have uh, training certification. Um, do you have something similar to to sort of help standardize the the quality of people coming through your program? You'd be surprised. All of our classes and camps are accredited by the uh, you know appropriate organization. So if you come and take a workshop, you are covered, uh, and you will be getting credit. Uh, that can be applied to a community college or oh. to uh, AP credit in some high schools. Okay. Uh, oh, people, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, people now are doing a lot of uh, continuing ed work, depending on the Department of Education in your state or territory or province. Mm. Uh, you can get uh, funding and grants. Uh, a lot of people are getting a uh, PhD in comedy. It's called a COMED. Oh. And uh, it's rare, it's new, but uh, I am proud to say that we uh, do offer that. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Well, that yeah, that's a very interesting program to offer and uh, requires you to keep on staff a lot of very high-level uh, folks that, that hold uh, COMED in order to be able to, to follow the peer accreditation process, I imagine. Uh, no, actually, nobody has achieved the degree yet in order to teach the degree. Okay. So oh. most of it is done through Skype. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it's it's sort of like a bed knobs and broomstick situation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. that's the analogy we most often okay. use. Yeah. And it's a quick sixteen year course. You know, the the time goes by, and it's right. not as expensive as, you know, some other more fruitful or lucrative. Uh, degree yeah. ah yeah courses. i was i was going to ask do you offer uh part-time degrees are, are folks able to take these courses and and do this work alongside maybe a full-time job uh if they did it would just take longer you know they mm. would night comedy classes right 
of course, then you also have to factor in that most comedy takes place at night. So you're going to be studying, you know, within the between the hours of, say, 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. Oh, okay. So I was uh, I was wondering you hear most about when it comes to comedy, uh, the East Coast uh, in like New York. Uh, and then you have the West Coast in like L.A. Uh, and I assume it's it's much more difficult to to get laughter from those those sort of areas because it's there, there's a, a, a level. And I, I you don't hear often about these southern comedy. Um, do you find it like what's the process to make people laugh within the South? Uh, you know, I've never been to New York or L.A. or Chicago or outside of my state, but I would mm. say that it's it's got to be the same everywhere, you know, okay. universally around the, the nation. That laughter is, like I said, simply a matter of approaching the fear of death and making a joke about it. And, you know, what's so hard about that? Babies do it. It's true. Excellent. Uh, all right. Well, I think it's about time for one of our favorite games. Is that how mm-hmm. they make it? Is that how they make it? Maybe. Uh, so in this game, uh, we actually take several uh, suggestions of some real, uh, but some fake uh, oh. entries from how-to manuals uh, or manufacturer's guides, uh, some some uh, online forums where experts have sounded off. And uh, we're gonna have quote unquote experts, right? Right. <laughs> that's right. That's up. That's up to uh, to the players to decide. So uh, we're we're gonna do a series of round robins here. Uh, we're we're all in it. Uh, but uh, and I, I think Sam, you uh, should have received a, a question by email. Uh, so when mm-hmm. your when your turn comes around to read, Jonathan and I will be uh, facing off uh, for that one. Uh, but mm. I'll go ahead and throw out the first question, and then uh, Jonathan, you and Sam, uh, you can each take uh, your turn deciding whether this is a, a true process, whether this would really be a part of how, how you make something, uh, or whether uh, it's false and okay. it's uh, it's made up. Okay. And uh, this comes... It's uh, time. <laughs> all right, yes. Time for the quiz. Put on your, your quizzing shoes. Uh, so this one, uh, comes to us, uh, from Norway and it is about candy making. Okay. Uh, so true or false when making ribbon candy, make sure that your wooden bender has been thoroughly cleaned only with salt water just under boiling. Jonathan, would you like to go first? I can go first. I'm going to say it is false only because of the boiling water. Mm, yeah. Okay. And uh, Sam, what do you think? I've got to say that that's a trick question because I've always been under the impression that you wouldn't use a wooden bender. You would have to use one made out of bone mm. or china to prevent, ah. uh, you know, oxidation. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, two very well-reasoned answers, I think. And uh, for both of you, it turns out you're correct. Oh, yay. Yes, it, it was false, uh, but not for the reasons that you thought. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll be we'll actually be doing a candy episode uh, yeah. later this year. Nice. And uh, hopefully we'll get some more detailed sweet. answers there. Yeah. It should be sweet. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jonathan, yes. would you like to read your question? Oh, yes. So I have mine. Uh, this is coming to us from all, oh, all the way down under Australia. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so this is sort of the process uh, for canning beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is sort of it. 
is it true or false mm-hmm. that the beer must be liquefied uh, to a degree of 237 Kelvin, uh, then spun through a metal f- uh, funnel into a bowl that is then crushed into the shape of a can? Interesting. Uh, who would you like to kick this to first, Jonathan? Uh, Sam, we could just go around the circle. Okay. You know, I did not know that beer comes in cans. I've always oh. had my beer in bottles only mm. and also in tubes. Uh, so I'm not that familiar with the canning procedure, but I'm going to have to bet on false. I feel like all these questions are really just a joke, you oh. know, because <laughs> we're talking about jokes. Yeah, uh, I see. Yeah, that would be very clever of us. Uh, well, let's see. You know, we had our beer episode, mm-hmm. uh, but it, we were talking about homebrew bottling, right. which is very different. The machinery involved is different. Uh, very and I, I don't know how they do this in Australia. Mm-hmm. So I've been on brewery tours here in the U.S. That's definitely not how they do it here, uh, mostly because we don't use Kelvin. We're not on metric. Right. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say false as well. Uh, it's it's funny that you all say false because it's actually true. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Australia's oh. got some weird processing for beers. Wow. All right. Calvin. Yeah. Well, we're at uh, Jonathan 1, Sam 1, and Marty 0, and uh, that brings us to our final question. Uh, Sam, do you want to go ahead and read that for us? Yeah, I got the real stumper here, uh, and you can decide this is a true statement or a false statement. It's about bookbinding, because don't we all love Mm, Good bookbinding, for sure, yeah. In bookbinding, it is very important that the signatures align with the spine so that the seams do not get tangled when the enclosure gets enraptured on the rubble. Ah, okay. Uh, I guess, yeah, I'll jump on this one first. Um, So I took that handbook binding Mm -hmm. class up in Hamden, and that was really fun, but that... It was for smaller books, right? Right, You're making right that's hand. That's yeah. hand book. You're making journals. Uh, so now I'm just not sure if that's how it would scale up. Um, you know what? I got I got burned last time. Yeah. I'm going to say that this one is true, that this is yeah. true. I, I'm going to say false because when you're in rapture, uh, from what I've read in the Bible and mm. seen in movies, it's, it's really crazy. So... Uh, I can't imagine that that's... It may be a different word in a different context. You know, some industries, they use the same word, it means something else. Oh. This may be a, a different uh, version of enraptured. Yeah. Well, I just thought, like, small books, Bible, enraptured, false. Okay. Uh, all right, Sam. It's actually true. It's actually oh. true. Very important. The signatures do not get enraptured on the entanglement because the problem will twist. Okay. And then hope will be lopsided. Ah, well, darn. yeah, that actually makes sense now that you okay, described it. Well, uh, you know what? That that brings us to one and one and one. Yeah, uh, which it always feels good to me. I don't, I don't. I like love ties. Competing, yeah, ties are great. Uh, so that's great. Yeah, um, you know, we would do that, but we're kind of running out of time on the episode, uh, Sam. So you'll just have to come back another time for yeah. a rematch. We would love to have you back it would on. Be my pleasure. I've had such a blast, and I feel like we've all, like I said, learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I do feel like I went from being dumb to being somewhat smarter. Well, there you go. All right. Uh, Sam, thank you so much. Before we let you go, uh, where can folks find out more about you and the Bourbon Barrel Improv Company? Excuse my pronunciation. Yeah, our website crashed. 
so there's no website to share. Oh, sorry but uh, I want to plug a great act that came through our festival last year called Matt and. You should mm. check them out at andimprov.com. Uh, oh, yeah. I've seen Matt and actually uh, here at the Baltimore Improv Festival oh, yeah. and uh, in Baltimore oh, before. Hey. Uh, yeah, that was a great show. Uh, really spectacular stuff and uh, shows a lot of what we talked about here today. I think you'll see up close and personal uh, how comedy gets made. Yeah. yeah, when he came through, he did a, a show here with a racehorse. Wow. Oh, yeah, man. That would have been a sight to see. Uh, you know that actually would have that would have done well in Baltimore as well with uh, Pimlico Racetrack yes, being so have, close yeah. by. Uh, yeah, is that where Pimlico is? Uh, some is, it's just outside of Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. it's it's w- within the the city limits. Oh, I didn't realize it was technically inside of Baltimore. I, I believe it is. Excellent. Yeah. Well, yeah, something to think about. Maybe we'll get uh, Matt and on a triple crown tour. Ooh, that would be yeah. quite <laughs> lovely. All right, uh, Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been very illuminating. Thank you. All right, we wish you well. And uh, listeners, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Chris. And this is Joe from the Curioso Podcast. You are currently listening to We Have to Ask. We Have to Ask? I gotta be honest with you, I'm not sure what the hell is going on. So we have to ask. I, I, I've tried to ask, you and I, I haven't gotten any answers. All right, everybody. Hey. Hello and welcome back. Jonathan, that was a really good interview. Sam showed me that comedy is just about giving the middle fingers to death. Yes. And like fighting through it. Yes. I wanted to ask him more about like, what about the rake bit? You know, like when you step mm. on a rake and it smacks you in the face. Right. But, uh, I feel like that goes right along with yeah. falling from the banana peel. Uh, I, I did want to have us talk a little bit more about death, but... After that episode a few weeks ago about decomposition yeah. and, you know, skeletons, I felt yeah, like it was good. maybe a little too much. Uh, yeah. So listeners, um, hopefully you're not too mad at me for that if you wanted to learn more. But uh, if you do want to learn more about death and uh, the fear of it, uh, please check out that episode. Yeah. That was that was a, a really good one. Really loved our guests. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, uh, I'm, I'm maybe feeling the bug. Maybe I yeah. want to get out there and tell some jokes, make all people right. laugh. Well, good, good luck. I'll be your heckler. Hey, all Let's right. Let's do it three more times and then I'll start paying dues. Yep, there it is. I know. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pretty rough gig that yeah. they, they come and approach you. But, uh, you know, everybody's got to make a living. Yeah. So it makes sense. Uh, well, coming up next week, I'm very excited. I already bought the boots. Yeah, and, I'm sorry. Uh, don't worry about that. What? Yeah. So I just got off the phone. Yeah. Uh, we, we rescheduled. <gasps> what? Yeah. So I, I wanted to reschedule. So Sam brought up the whole idea of, like, when you talk to a gla- glass blower, they'll tell you that, like, you you'll burn your mouth, Jonathan. I can't get the deposit back on all of these headlamps. We'll just we'll just have to put extra money out to keep it. That's going to be in two weeks. It's going to be so much fun. Glass blowing. I want to see if for sure you have to burn your mouth. Oh, okay. That's yeah. That sounds as cool as going down into a cave. Yeah, we get to make little ornaments. All right. Well, folks, uh, I guess I'm looking forward to that, yeah, and uh, you hope you be. are too. Yeah. Uh, all right, all you Makerinos, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we wouldn't do this show without you, so please mm-hmm. uh, sound off. Let us know, have you ever made any laughter yeah. uh, of your own or, or got it out of somebody else? Uh, you can join the discussion on our website at wehavetoask.com or on Twitter or Facebook at we have to ask. And we want to know, uh, hey, what would you like to learn about next? What thing in the world, hell, it could be in the room with you right now, are you mystified by and want to know how do they make that? Mm-hmm. Until then, this has been another episode of How Do They Make That? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. And as always, 
Looks like we made it. See y'all next time. This has been another episode of How Do They Make That? We'd like to thank our producers, Amy and Herbie Lobsters. And thanks to Skies and Chaos for the use of our theme song, New Day. Check them out on iTunes, and while you're there, check us out as well. If you're already a subscriber, give us a rating and a review. It really helps. Join the discussion online at wehaveToask.com or on Twitter or Facebook at We Have to Ask. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the Peaksloft Network at peaksloft.com.